Know the Source on One Radio Network. Well, a very pleasant good afternoon to you. It's about 1230 Texas time, the center of the universe in Dripping Springs, Texas. OneRadioNetwork.com. And what is Adam Bergstrom doing here on a Tuesday? He's never here on a Tuesday. Well, we, uh, the Russians hacked our website yesterday and our website was down for 24 hours, but we're back up and running. Yeah, the Russians did it. You know, I, they, they just do it, you know. I don't know why, you know, I don't know why. I was just talking to Adam, I'm going to learn Russian. And because um, and I start watching a, a Russian movie that he told me about. Adam Bergstrom, good morning. It's Tuesday. What are you doing here? I don't understand. I'm confused. I don't know. What's going on? <laughs> <laughs> it's Tuesday. This must be San Francisco. Must, oh no, it's uh, Santa Barbara. Must be San Francisco. Adam and I got rained out by uh, the internet. I don't know what it was. The website. Something happened with the server, and you know. So how you doing, kid? What's up? You look good. Yeah, you got a little, almost got a little reddish background now. How did you get that? Uh, you know, the it's uh, red lights. Red, oh, the red lights. Yeah. It makes it warmer, and today's good because it uh, shouldn't be blotted out because it's uh, rainy. It's supposed it's thirty percent chance of rain today. You know, we did that elemental song back yep. on October twelfth, and look what happened. It hasn't stopped raining hasn't stopped since. Raining? Why don't you come here and do one here, or you just please do do one here? Yeah, yeah. Or the uh, there was a guy called the Wizard in New Zealand. And uh, he got fired, by the way, because he was too political about COVID or whatever. But for a long time, he was the wizard of New Zealand. And he actually went up to Auckland when they had a drought and did a rain dance. And it poured and poured and poured <laughs> and flooded Auckland. <laughs> That's so true. we do have control over the weather. <laughs> we do. Uh, we are the weather. We are the world. Who, who said that? Quincy Jones and Michael Jackson. Remember that great song? We are the world. Yep. We are the world. We we just are the world. Yeah. And many people have said that. You know, I learned it from Adana Lay. Carl Jung said it. Maharishi Mahesh Yogi said it. Uh, and we have that effect. Uh, many people have had that. Uh, they wish for rain or they have a dream about it or whatever. And then it starts pouring. And now these global eye, they, they think they can do it, you know, with, with computers and stuff. See, well, they're trying to play God, you see. That's all they do, try to play God. You know, the funny thing is we have no shortage of water. First of all, water is made under the earth from magma. That's where it came from in the first place, not out of the sky. Then it went up into the sky, and we have so much. We have a hundred, no, 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 a million trillion, a million billion tons of it it comes over us every 40 days during the year. And so all you have to do is basically dig a hole in the ground and it precipitates, just like a lot of times the dew will precipitate on your car. Well, there's ways to precipitate huge amounts of it. Even fog nets in Chile, where it doesn't even rain, they use fog nets and they get plenty of water. Fog so nets, they're they, lying. They just they just get it out of the out of the air, right? Yeah, yeah. just it put it, it puts a net up and it just all drips into an irrigation uh, system because there are places in Chile it doesn't rain at all. They have zero rain, hmm. <laughs> or if anything, a half an inch a year. There's some places in Mexico like that too. All you do is put a fog net out, and bingo. The same thing with trees. Trees attract the rain and the ground. Uh, here, 
the L.A. Times actually said, we got to cut the trees down because they're taking the water, which is absolutely <laughs> ridiculous yeah. because they yeah. they grab it out of the air. And, and the weird thing is, if you plant a tree from scratch, from seed, it takes much more water out of the air than if you just I'll be done. Uh, put, clone it and put it in for whatever reason. And it takes tons. They take tons and tons of water out of the air and put it in the ground. <laughs> and look at the rainforest. But, uh, you know, that's that's the, in Amazon. Even the the rainforest on the north shore of Ka- uh, Kauai. Um, it's the same thing. There's so much uh, so much foliage there. It's just you know, it's where they it's where they film. Um, uh, Jurassic Park, I think. Uh, uh, yeah, Jurassic Park in Kauai. Yeah. In Kauai, yeah, yeah definitely. Kauai. I I lived there for on and off for about six months or more. It's a beautiful, beautiful place. place. Man, you beautiful. talk, folks. If you ever get a chance, uh, go to Kauai. That's the they call it the Flower Island, and it rains there every day for what about an hour, every day about an hour, and then it just stops raining, and then there's flowers everywhere. And it's one of the softest places I've ever been to. And you know what I mean? Just soft energy-wise. It's beautiful. I could live there in Kauai in a heartbeat, you know. Yeah. The weird thing about Kauai is you can take you can set your rainfall depending where you uh live. Yeah. On the uh west end of the island, you get one to two inches of rain a year. Yeah. Nothing. On over the there. other yeah. side you get forty, fifty, sixty, seventy, depending on where you move. And if you live on the mountain, you get seven hundred inches yeah. per year. That's why it. there's waterfalls <sighs> up in the mountains perpetually. It's, it's spectacular. These waterfalls are just coming out of the mountain. It's amazing. Just perpetually. Yeah. Yeah. It's you know it's they, similar they, excuse me, it's similar to that on the big island too. Right, depending on where you live, Hilo and all that, you know, that that side got a lot of a uh, lot of rain, and then on the other side, there's nothing, you know. Yeah, I guess it's just never a been there, but oh, friends of mine yeah. have lived there, so <laughs> it's a shame that Hawaii is so woke because we could all just move there and live there, you know. But they're crazy. See, it used to be you could go to the north of Kauai, and and I have two women friends that did this. They walked to the the tunnels beach at the very end of uh of Kauai in into the wilderness the uh Kalalau wilderness i believe it's called uh-huh. they threw off their clothes and walked into the wilderness and stayed out there naked for three months lived there really? both of them coincidentally two people i knew in separate uh, instances and then they borrowed some clothes to get out and went home <laughs> <laughs> they lived they were just naked they just lived there naked just naked yeah they they, they planted the food and of course the the fruit is all over the place you can't starve on oh, <laughs> i mean it's, it's just everywhere they have uh stuff everywhere just falling off the tree you know uh avocados um noni which is pretty stinky fruit but you know, it's a very, you could live on pineapples, uh, um, what other kind of stuff? All, all kinds of stuff. Well, we should just... Yeah, I, for, I forget the name of the, there's a white fruit, and when it falls off, it rots, and so it stinks to high heaven. That's but the noni, that's the noni. Oh, that's the noni, okay. It is like the stinkiest <laughs> stuff ever, ever. Wait, what did you say? Durian? No, it's not durian. Durian's interesting. You ever taste durian? Oh, yeah, that's a, That's an interesting uh, um, 
fruit. Now, that's yeah. not grown in Hawaii, but I think it that stinks one stinks to too. Yeah, that one stinks too. The durian, right? You yeah. have to hold your nose, but it's delicious. I've eaten yeah. durian. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's quite a quite a spot. Well, we should all go there. Just have some fun. <laughs> if you'd like to be on the show and ask Adam a question or a comment, uh, phone lines. Well, you know, there's. I came up with a plan. I'm going to do. I'm going to call the phone company today, and I'm going to say, <laughs> okay. You know, the last month that I didn't have my phone line, I'm not paying. So take that off my bill. And that's, that'll get them going. You watch. You watch. You know, they'll get it up in no time. You know? <laughs> I used to be a phone man back when you plugged in things and had jacks and all that. Yeah. Before, you know, when the phone company had sections and areas rather than separate companies like yeah, that. Yeah. Is, there any job, is there any job you haven't done? I mean... Every time I mention you, you say, well, I used to be one of those. You've had like billions of jobs, right? You know, I collected jobs. Like people collected stamps. Mm -hmm. uh, of course, the people who hired me didn't know I was doing that. And some of the jobs, I think I kept one on and off for about eight years was the longest I ever had. And another one for five years. Otherwise, it was three months, six months, nine months. Been cab drivers, uh, you, clerks, all kinds of things. Managed the sporting goods department uh, mm. at Sears. Worked at Sears in Port Arthur and San Fernando. And uh, TV, I worked for KJAC TV. Cameraman, all that stuff. Were you stuff. a cameraman? Oh, cool. Yeah, that was fun. Fun. Uh, back in the day, it, because they had no union in the uh, little... Uh, Port Arthur town I worked in for the TV, I could do everything. I, I, I went out to the destruction derbies, you know, and held the lights for the newscaster, went ambulance chasing. We would ride in the ambulance at night. That I, I wouldn't get paid for that, but it was just a lot of fun. You get out to go to all these events for free. And then I would do uh, voiceovers uh, for commercials no and uh, camera work. And yeah, what was it? If anyone can, Wickersham can. Wickersham can. <laughs> I don't even know what Wickersham is now. <laughs> That's funny. If anybody can, Wickersham if can. If anyone can, Wickersham can. <laughs> so the Writers Guild of America is on strike as of today. And mm -hmm. um, I've been talking to a producer about my screenplays. And um, so we're not, we're not allowed to communicate until that's over. Hmm. I emailed her. I said, "Does this some strike? Does this strike impair our ability to communicate as we are today?" She <laughs> said, "Yes, no communication." So that's the deal. If um, yeah, you can't do that. So they they can't communicate with writers if they're a producer during this strike. I don't know how long it'll go on. Hollywood's an interesting place, Hollywood. but you you you've got Hollywood forming in Austin now, don't you? Yeah, baby, we're gonna we're gonna. We're, I think we're gonna be the next Hollywood. I really do. Um, there's two huge studios being built, and um, we've had a very active and vibrant um, film community for many years uh, with the Tarantino crowd and uh, um, who's who's he got? Richard Linkletter and Sandra Bullock, McConaughey, and then the South by Southwest. So there's been a lot of action uh, going on in Austin for years, and um, you know. I wish I knew it was Sandra yeah, Bullock. Uh, Sandra Bullock. I wish I knew yeah. Sandra Bullock lived. I'd just go through my <laughs> screenplay over the over the fence or something. I, 
You were going to throw your, your book, Yes, No, Maybe, Chronobiotic Nutrition, over um, Oprah's, Oprah's, fence. Oprah's fence. You never did that? <laughs> no, we never did do that. <laughs> I, this place is just loaded with celebrities you know ellen and oprah and uh they're all here <laughs> you you almost can't name them and they're not here though nor let's see naomi portland uh no portland natalie, what was her name natalie portman natalie, natalie portland she left uh, oh she did where'd she go i think back to isn't she from australia i think that's where she australia went yeah. yeah yeah i think so so good actress so where you live is not far from los angeles so they can still do their L.A. film things. And how long does it take to drive to Los Angeles from where you live? I'd say about an hour to, oh, that's to, to Hollywood. I, I actually worked in Hollywood and lived up here at one time. It's only an hour, <laughs> even I, with the traffic? Even with all the traffic? Well, now traffic, you, get, you have to uh, no. time that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, <laughs> because it can take you five hours to get down there on a Friday night. <laughs> They have a terrible problem here. It's it's gotten a lot worse because uh, the uh, trains have blackmailed Santa Barbara uh, to bring the oil out of here by rail, and they won't let them do it. So they said, okay, then we won't provide – we'll schedule so that when the workers get off work, they can't have a train available. Mm. We'll change it. And – the Southern Pacific, is it? They have been around. It was started by Abraham Lincoln. So the uh, CEO of the company told Schwarzenegger when he was governor, we've been around longer than California has been a state. So you'll do what we say, not what not what you say. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. They have a lot of power. They have a lot of power. A lot of power. I want to be a... I think they made some kind of deal now, but, you know, the oil companies, uh, they've pretty much got the oil out of here, but it probably is going to come back here pretty soon. <laughs> I'm going to be a big movie producer someday, so you think I'll, I'll, I'll wield my power um, judiciously? <laughs> sure you will. <laughs> a lot better than it's being wielded now. By yeah, there's a lot, of, a lot of weird wielding going on. Adam Bergstrom, Patrick Timpone. Okay, Adam, I wanted to talk about this thing that I've been looking at this I think is really fascinating. You should like this. Or you may like it. You may not. Adam has talked about this idea of pandiculation, right? Which you see cats do, where they'll stretch and they'll yawn. And you've talked about, what is your understanding of what it does to the different engrams in the body, the body? Well, it actually, we say in language, we're under pressure. Yes. And that's true. We are. We're under of tons of pressure coming down on us per square inch. And actually, inside uh, is usually less, has to be less. Why? Because if you faint, the breath comes into you. God breathed it into man. He didn't breathe out of man. Right. We right. have to breathe out, but God breathes breathe in, in. So the environment breathes in. That's why it's almost impossible to kill yourself by holding your breath. <laughs> Everyone... People out there have probably seen a kid hold their breath, they turn blue and they faint and right. they just wake up. Yeah, of That's course, they're going to breathe. They're just going to breathe. You can't do it. Yogis can do that, however, mm. but it takes a, an act of will. You have to be conscious when you pass out, basically. But uh, because of that, you need to release the pressure, too. Many people, when you have a heart attack from high blood pressure, 
it's the air that causes that. Now, I was lucky enough to work in a liquor store back when I was a teenager in high school. And uh, the guy who was uh, managing the store uh, was studying plumbing. So right away, I noticed that to have hydraulic pressure, you need pneumatic pressure. That's why the that's why the plumber goes to the roof the first time he comes to your house to clear the vent so your toilet will flush. That's right. You've got to have a vent. And that, no. So when Adano Lay, uh, my mentor, started talking about how that type of pressure that the breath controls that made perfect sense at that point, and mm-hmm. I ran with that. So uh, uh, I noticed that by uh, by breathing in certain ways. Uh, and of course, in uh, India, that's very important. They they breath is all, you know. Sure. And breath actually can control. You can do these amazing things with breath. Your fear can go down by controlling your breath a certain way. Uh, you can get emotions at certain breath uh, rates, and it can be dangerous. Though the uh, the hypnotist Milton Erickson uh, did not like his college teacher, and so he breathed off-center of his teacher and by the end of the semester his teacher stuttered Hmm. he left him a a permanent stutterer which was a really mean trick when you think of it erickson had that side to him that was a bit nasty i mean here's a guy now he's a lifelong stutterer because of he just didn't like him in his class and had no clue where it came from that it was done by going off breath and Adonis Lay actually used breath to become invisible. If you breathe while the other person's holding their breath and hold your breath while they breathe, you become invisible to that other person. <laughs> Long time trick. I, I saw it in operation one time where Adonis Lay made himself invisible to one person when there was a group of us around and even couldn't see Adonis Lay when his girlfriend had her arm around his shoulder. So can you imagine when someone just has their arms stretched out like that in air is how she must have seen it. And when I told her later, 10 years later, I told her, do you remember that situation? She remembered everybody in the room. Uh, but when I told her Adana was there, she said, no, I, I know Adana. I took workshops from him. You think I wouldn't be excited if he was in town? Mm-hmm. I said he was there. <laughs> you just couldn't see him and you were three feet away from him. <laughs> One of my spiritual exercises, Adam, and uh, y'all who are listening, I do some interesting things uh, two, three in the morning when I wake up, and then I'll just start um, soul traveling where I can focus my attention as soul outside of my body and see different things. And And I'm working on releasing all of little engrams or energy that I have in my body over years and maybe lifetimes, who knows, you know. I'm working on releasing them on the spiritual level as above, so below, and rather than trying to bang out of them, you know, uh, stretching and all of that. And it's pretty interesting because there's, there's points in time where as you're doing this on the spiritual level, you, you have to move your body in a way to facilitate it, Right. And I've noticed that if I do deep breaths into it, it doesn't work. It actually makes it more painful, right? And I started playing with the idea over the last couple of years of, of just doing little sips of breath, like buteco breathing. I'm able to move into this 
this uh, energy blocks, which could be in your hip or your heart or wherever, right? We know, we call them engrams, and that's a fair word, isn't it? That if you, sn- if you snip at them a little bit, you just go at them a little bit at a time that you can get after them. But if you just kind of go, it doesn't work, and which is weird. You would think, well, if I just take a deep breath, I should be able to get into this energy that's in my neck or something. But I've not been able to make it work, but I can get at it if I just go. So I, I came across this video on YouTube about pandiculation. I said, well, that's fun. And, and, and I, I found this place called Somatic Movement Center. And it's a Somatic Movement Center. And they teach pandiculation. And what they teach is that unless, this is so cool, and I think a vibrant gal will be interested in this because she's a longtime yoga person as I am. Unless you become aware, unless you're awake and aware of the of what's going on in the moment when you're stretching, if you just go into a stretch, you're not really getting to the root cause. You could be stretching your hamstrings or whatever, right? But it's not really taking care of the spiritual aspect that's causing the tightness. Because if it did, you don't have to do yoga once and you'd be done, right? You know what I'm saying? And I've done yoga forever and I know uh, a Viragal has and, and mm-hmm. you know, you come back to do a forward bend and all of a sudden you got to go through the whole thing you did, you know, work your way into it to your toes that you did yesterday. So what's up with that? We're not getting to the, <laughs> right? We're not getting to the spiritual as you said many times, if it doesn't clear or 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 heal, you're not you haven't done anything, right? Right? You haven't done anything. You know, you could talk about spiritual healing. Well, okay. Well, if if you're still sick or if you still got, you know, it didn't work, right? It didn't work. So the idea is is that if you can move into these areas just a little bit at a time so you're aware of your consciousness as you're moving into it, you actually learn some kind of a lesson. And I found that, say this um, area in my neck, say, let's just say for fun, the main reason you got a little spot there would be fear. Just say it is, who knows, right? There could be a lot of emotions tied in with one spot, but maybe it's fear. And if you go in there really slowly and methodically with great awareness, really helps if it's in the middle of the night and you can really focus, you, you get this feeling or this um, guidance, and I get it from my, from my teacher, that if you start saying things like, nothing can hurt me, I, you know, I, sh- I, can't be, I don't need to be afraid of anything, you know, there's no germs, there's no nuclear, whatever you need to say to to talk your way through it, that it loosens up. So it's teaching you how not to be fearful just by recognizing that fear is the reason it's there. But what starts coming through is the opposite. You know what I mean? The counterpoint of the fear. So you talk to yourself just like contemplation and and it works, and you can really lessen these all these areas, and really can feel them moving, you know, moving towards resolution. Without, because I've done, I did years of, 
you know, just stretching my neck one way and I could get all the way down and say, well, man, I'm done. No, the <laughs> next day that's still in my neck. I mean, so I didn't, do you know, are you getting what I'm saying? What do you think about mm-hmm. that? Yeah, pretty interesting, huh? I think it's true. Uh, you know, psychiatrists diagnose people with DID, dissociative identity disorder and say it's a disease DID. it is a disease if these multiple personalities that we all have living within us because we are everybody but if one shows up inappropriately then it's did and if you don't know oh, about the yeah. other one you get scared right? but all you have to do is summon up the doctor within you everybody's got a doctor everybody's got a lawyer everybody's got a painter everybody's got all of that within us you summon that person up and have them look at you yeah. And you say, okay, there it is. That's why uh, if a person has dementia, what you do is you put them in an altered state. In this case, they probably don't know how to do it themselves. And you get another personality that doesn't have dementia. And bingo, hmm. they're off to the races and they get all their memories back again as a new person in the same body. We all have those type of options in our body. It's well known that multiple personalities, one writes with the left hand, one writes with the right hand. One is colorblind, one is not colorblind. One has diabetes, one has dementia, etc. That's been known and, and marveled at for years. So we can heal ourselves, and it takes finding out why we got that, who's yeah. the matter who's with the us, ma- usually. Yeah, somehow, why we got, because it seems like, the only reason we're holding on to them, even though we did it unknowingly, and these things probably just hang out for years. Uh, who knows, right? You could be moving yourself and you get afraid of something 20 years ago and, you know, boom, you store it in your neck and you don't, you know, you don't, you know. Um, but it feels like, Adam, that the reason it's set up so beautifully because th- these spaces that we need to move into are there so we could learn a lesson of some kind not punishment but learn a lesson right like oh i don't i can let go of my hatred for my grandma or whatever it is you know or my or i think my wife is crazy or, or my husband's crazy right you let go of that puppy and things loosen up so we learn from it isn't that the beautiful thing about healing so we learn from it it is yeah. uh, and it's the things we often it's the smallest things yeah uh, little things we don't want to be petty. So we'll think, oh, that's so small, I'm not going to mention it. But those are the things that end up as the traumas. If someone just comes and punches you in the face, you either have common sense to punch him back or call a cop or something, right. and it's over with. Then you got your uh, equal, uh, what do you call it? Revenge might be a word for it, whatever you want to call it, but it's equal. But if you do, if someone does something to slight you in a slight way, that can end up a major problem. Because in my experience doing mind hacking, I find those minor problems end up as major problems with they, people, they, major they diseases. They must build up over the years, I, I would suspect, right? They do, and usually it's based on one, and then you get concretions around it. Like one incident, hmm. I call it a cognitive trigger event, will occur, and then it builds up because you keep on getting the same thing. Like Because you even, haven't healed it, right? You'll, you'll go back and do the same thing with the person, right? And, 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 and yeah. you keep saying, how come I keep marrying the same woman? <laughs> right. How come I keep getting I the, keep same doing boss? the same thing? Right. <laughs> yeah. Other people have bosses that don't do that. I've had four bosses in a row. And, and, and this happens the, to people all the time, right? I keep, 
I keep hooking up with the same dude. They keep doing the same thing. I don't understand it. I don't understand. It, one of my uh, <laughs> wives actually told me that, that my humor. She, she, <laughs> <laughs> she, my fourth wife, to be exact, she has a sense of humor. She, uh, she uh, had relationships with three Virgos with beards named Bill no, that were Virgos. That's in a crazy. Row. That's Can crazy. You, even, you can't even make that you stuff up. You can't even make that up. You can't make that up. <laughs> Yeah. And she told me it must be me, <laughs> because she got. It she's must a be me. It must, yeah, it must be. You know, another thing I think that happens, and especially true with the neck, and the shoulders, and everything, that when we have a pain in there, you know that that we know is in there, right? But we don't go there because it's uncomfortable. So we keep holding ourselves in a certain way. So we don't have to go there. And you could do this with anything in your knee or your 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 hamstrings, right? And so it just gets worse because I guess there's less and less energy there. It built, must build up on the physical level as well as spiritual, right? We have organ deficiencies and organ, uh, Adler went into that, that the organs actually get affected in certain ways and then it affects your posture, obviously, because if your liver hurts, you're going to bend a certain bend way a certain or your way. gallbladder, your spleen, yeah. and it goes to the neck. Uh, if you look at Touch for Health and Applied Kinesiology, you'll find that the gallbladder goes into the shoulder and various reflexes. Then yeah. people will wonder, I have a sore right shoulder, never dreaming it's the gallbladder. But then what is the gallbladder not having gall enough to tell your boss in your last job that he wasn't a really nice guy? To stand up for yourself. That's the, oh, I thought the gallbladder was indifference. No, not indifference. Um, what is it? What's the other? Isn't there emotion around the gallbladder, Adam? Something? Yeah. And in fact, what does gall mean? Sore. It means sore. So uh, you're sore at somebody. You're sore at somebody. Yeah. And, <laughs> and you don't and tell you them. need to... Yeah. Yeah. As I tell people, it it takes heart or courage to belch, but it takes gall to fart in front of your boss. Oh, yeah, you think? <laughs> See, there's a difference between they, they're, they're subtly the same. In fact, it's no accident that the heart meridian is exactly 180 degrees across from the uh, gallbladder. And if you lose your gallbladder, you're likely to end up with arrhythmia. A classic case, wow. I went down to the farmer's market uh, this weekend, and there was a woman there who's going to get a, a pacemaker put in because she has severe arrhythmia. And I said, do you have a gallbladder? She said, no. I said, that's why you're getting the arrhythmia. So I showed her some points where you can work on the, uh, the uh, hand right here to stop arrhythmia. You find a sore spot that usually will stop it pretty quickly without having to go for all that surgery but many people will find they have heart problems when they remove the gallbladder and it's all because it has to do with gall and courage gall they're related courage. right yeah. across the board sometimes i i you know depending on the food that i ate and if i chewed it properly or whatever that i'll get some kind of a thing in the upper you know right right there at the you know below the the v in the chest there and um um you just really need to belch, but somehow it won't work. Do you have any tricks of points that you can do or something to help that resolve? Sometimes when I really, really relax, then, then it, it works, you know. Um, the, uh, the back vertebrae directly behind it, 
you can rub up against the pole if nobody's there to rub it for you. That will often release oh, it. Right, and right. standing on your head or, or, or shoulder sand. Shoulder you don't sand. have to shoulder stand sand. on your head. Shoulder sand is fine. Yeah, that actually even, it changes the geometry. Because it's going. Let's see, when you shoulder stand, though, isn't this uh, pressure or air doesn't need to go down? When the shoulder yeah, stand, goes, aren't you telling it, it you're trying to get, make it go up? No? It, it, this is how muscles work. If I want more strength this way, I draw back first. And then I release the other muscles to release it further. That's why if you want to touch your toes and you can't do it, say you're, anyone out there right now is two inches from touching the floor. They bend down as far as they can and suddenly go up. And then go down, and their hands will touch the floor. Oh, That's even Feldenkrais, I believe, yeah. or proprioceptive neurofacilitation, something like that. <laughs> they have all kinds of fancy names for basically reflex. Uh, I used to work out. If, if I wanted to uh, increase the, the strength in my arms, I would first do light squats, not to take too much energy, light squats, squats, because my legs are a reflex to the arms. So I would do a light squat, a few of them, and then do heavy arms. If I'm going to do legs, I do light arms, heavy legs. And then you get more strength out of it by doing that. Oh, so so if I'm going to work on a bice, uh, the biceps or triceps with my X3 thing, I would do some squats first, right? And then do yes, yeah. Oh, cool. That's but, good. But do light, but do light ones because if you expend all your energy on doing the squats, then your arms aren't going to work. So you just you set the reflex. It's the same way when you draw back to throw a ball, then you throw forward. And yes, you get more range this way. But part of it is releasing the opposer muscles so that the other muscle will work. And that's one of the big tricks of PNF. Let me try it now again. Proprioceptive neuromuscular facilitation. Sure, I easy, got it. Easy for you to say. So <laughs> on this X3. Don't ask me to say yeah, it again. On this X3 thing that, that I really like is, didn't you and both Ray P. talk about the idea of of both, let me see if I can, both, uh, oh, let me see. When you're doing this, you you both ways, right? Isn't there a name for... So isn't that why the X3 thing can work? Because we have pressure both ways? Both ways, yeah. Now, Ray Pete did not like the idea of eccentric uh, uh, constriction. Like, uh, if you go like this, this is concentric. concentric. I'm bringing it to me. Right. If I lower it back down, that's eccentric. Uh, facilitation but you think it should go both ways i mean you think we can get i think so uh but uh he has a point if you're trying to gain energy and you haven't worked out for a while it's probably to do this now in his type of uh uh work you would be kicked out of the gym basically lift it up drop it <laughs> people are kicked out of gyms for oh, doing mean, that but in a lot of the hardcore they do do that yeah oh, <laughs> they so, drop them. so if you would just do that yeah they do and then just drop it right they just drop it. there's a famous one in dallas i forget the name of that gym they you're gonna drop them <laughs> they, they use tremendous amounts of weights and uh, just drop them <laughs> they do some of this uh variable resistance at gyms i've seen and they use chains Right, 
change. And they do the same thing where where they, uh, you know, yeah. Some use bands, but yeah, yeah. it's a, it's a valid technique, definitely, mm. because you get you get uh, much more growth out of it, and particularly when you get to sticking points, it works. They also have partial resistance places, like you'll have a a square you're in and have bars so you can only lift within this particular range so if you have a sticking point you can do it and it's similar to the same principle but yeah variable resistance is what it's called of course right. and uh, it's a good thing it's a really good thing yeah yeah so they also have us take it to failure you know keep going until you just can't that's i mean you're you're right there you can't go back or what's the beauty of that you get more what's called super compensation. You get better growth because you've lifted it up uh, as far as you can, and uh, you use all of your strength. So, they tell you to take it to uh, extensive uh, degrees like Mike Mensner and people like that. Now, Ray Pete again at first would say you don't want to do that because you want to maintain your strength and not keep it growing. But if you're a bodybuilder or if you just want more muscle and uh, and more functionality, then you do that because then you end up, you know, repeats against people like running and marathon running. Right. But if you become a trained athlete, there is a guy that runs 24 hours and doesn't even bother him. Really? So you can up your metabolism so much that you go beyond Ray Pete's balance. <laughs> a lot of people are stuck in his, so it's good advice for an average person who's not going to take it up as a career. But as an athlete, you can throw that away. And there are ways, bag breathing, carbon dioxide, slow breathing, breathless state like you're practicing, yeah. where you can get away with things that the average person can't do. Yeah, I, I'm just so fascinated of how long when you do the breathless buteco play with it, how long you can go without breathing. I mean, it's a long time, sometimes two or three minutes. And I'm just amazed myself because you think you gotta breathe, right? You think, well, I just gotta breathe, otherwise I'm gonna die. But if you don't breathe and you just keep relaxing, you don't need to breathe. Now that's weird, you know, that's like, what's that about? But I, I really find that's very healing too, that I see a lot of things release in the body when I keep doing that. I wonder why that is. You know what I'm saying? The longer I kind of stay in this breathless state, um, different areas of the body I can feel just kind of loosen up, especially in the stomach, I found, especially in the stomach where, you know that great sound when your stomach digests something that you've been wanting to digest for the last half hour, whatever that sound is where it goes, and you can tell it's working, right? I've had so many times when, I'm doing the breathless thing and just chilling, talking to God and just keep not breathing, not breathing, not breathing. And all of a sudden my stomach will just go. So there must be a pressure or tension in the stomach that's causing it not to digest it immediately. Do you think? That's what I feel. Oh, yeah. That's what I think is going on, that we all have so much tension from whatever, you know. And there's reflexes to it. Like yeah. if a person has tight shoulders, if you look at the hips, uh -huh. that's where the tightness is usually going to be, not in the shoulders. The hips. the hips will cause that. Now, if you have tight hips, it's going to be in the shoulders. If you look at the body, the shoulders have tri two triangles. There's scapula, you know, and then you go down and the hip bones are triangles exactly the same. Hmm. So rather than memorizing a whole bunch of points, 
I would have clients come in and they would be amazed because they would say it's sore right here. And I would go to a place in the hip and they say, oh, that hurts. Well, my shoulder feels looser. <laughs> oh, you must know all those acupoints. No, I saw a spot here and I press up a spot here. Spot. It's like you don't even have to learn the points. Now, I encourage people to learn those points too. But if you don't know the points, you're not out of the box. You can continue on by just seeing something that looks like something if i have a sore elbow i go to my knee if i have the the inside of my elbow i go to the inside of my knee and if one doesn't work sometimes it crosses over to the other knee because we have too much of injuries if i punch something i hurt myself and the energy goes down into the same leg as I did with my left hand when I punched. If someone punches me, I twist, and it goes down into the other foot Hmm. because it can't go this way because I'm this way by being punched. And those are the most serious injuries, by the way. When you get punched versus you punch, it's a harder energy to clear, but by doing the work that you're doing, you can eventually clear it. Yeah, you you just clear it out. Uh, OneRadioNetwork.com. If you'd like to email Adam, you can. Patrick at One Radio Network. We'll go to, I think we got a few emails in already, but we should we should start going to your blog and, and talking about some of those things too. We could do some of that today. This is um, One Radio Network. Let's, uh, let's take a quick little break here, Adam. Stay right there. And uh, when we get back, Adam's going to tell you all about uh, SolarTiming.com and what you can get there. And you too can get some of his e-books, if you like, if you like, if you like. So we have pine, We have elk velvet antler on sale, baby, 20% off. This is the biggest sale of the year, 20% off. And I'm going to give you the promo code. Well, I'll give it to you right now. Rebuild 20, 20% off. I love this product. And um, think about it. When, they're, when, when we're doing this because the, the antlers on these elk and deer, they're actually like a, an appendage. They're actually like an arm. So the arm just falls off every year and then you grow it back. So, so then you take the velvet off there and then that's how they make this product. Before I start my work day, I like to get my workout in. It makes me much more effective throughout the rest of the day. Now, one of my favorite supplements to use in conjunction with my training is Sir Thrival's Elk Antler. These are sustainably and humanely harvested from US free range animals. Now, what's interesting about elk, deer, moose, all these animals we call the cervids, is they're the only mammals who have an organ that actually falls off and regenerates every year. These elk antlers grow out in just a matter of a couple of months. In order to grow like that, they need growth factors, steroidal compounds that cause that rapid growth. Those can actually be harvested, freeze-dried, and put into solution that you can actually utilize in your own body. Now, there's been a back and forth history with this being banned for doping in professional athletics. Currently, it is legal, except that it is really rich in IGF-1, which is a banned substance. Now, of course, this is a natural substance. This is not a steroid. But when you look at natural substances, you won't find anything more powerful than elk antler for recovery, for lean muscle growth and maintenance, for metabolic enhancement, and for recovery after injuries 
and surgery. This is incredible stuff. If you're looking for a natural supplement that boosts your metabolism, helps you grow lean body mass, burns fat, increases libido and energy levels, and helps your body regenerate from your workouts or from injuries or surgeries, take a look at Sir Thrival's Elk Antler. You'll like this product and you too can grow your own antlers. Oh, something. Um, it's uh, the promo code REBUILD20 right now on One Radio Network, 20% off, baby. And while you're there, get yourself some pine pollen. I'm going to order both of those today because I'm out of pine pollen. I, you know, I really, it's funny. Um, pine pollen is one of the very few kind of, of foods. It is a food from the pine tree, pollen, that I, that I kind of miss when I, when I don't have it. I can feel the difference. Very few things are like that for me. Um, yeah, it's just interesting. So uh, get some pine pollen, elk velvet antler, and, and party down, and, and you'll enjoy it. If you've not tried our sulfur, we have, we think, one of the best ones ever. And I put sulfur every morning in my, in my hydrogen water. And I'm doing salt now, too. Salt and, hyd- and uh, sulfur in my hydrogen water. So we think you'll like that, uh, the sulfur. It's a, it's a great product. And uh, it's on our front page. It uh, really helps to get rid of uh, kabuki theaters in your body, these little, whatever they are. I think toxins uh, is the best word for them. But it really helps do that. And it's, uh, it's called organic sulfur. It's actually made from uh, DMSO and hydrogen peroxide. And um, it's a great product. We think you'll really like it. You can order more than four pounds by emailing me, Patrick, at OneRadioNetwork.com. Patrick at OneRadioNetwork.com. One of the things we do every day of our life, sometimes twice, is last, twice, I was in the sauna. What's up with that? Um, here's, a, here's a little piece on the sauna if you want to get one. Previously with Dr. Thomas Rao, the Pericles Medical Clinic in Switzerland. Their specialty is detoxification. We asked him about far-infrared saunas. The far-infrared sauna goes much deeper into the skin subcutaneously. It has its maximum about four to five centimeters below the skin surface. You've actually measured materials in the sweat and you've proven this. Yes, the, the patients after a week doing this every day, half an hour or 45 minutes, they react quite much with wet. Then you can collect this wet. Then you measure this and then you find how much they detoxify with the heavy metals. It's really amazing. Really, it's kind of amazing. They actually measure that stuff. Pretty cool, huh? Just drink, I drink plenty of water and uh, it's really fun. These are great units. The only way to get the price that you want is to email me, Patrick at OneRadioNetwork.com, Patrick at OneRadioNetwork.com, and I'll sell, you it, sell it to you for $1,295. That would be tax title license complete in the lower 48, and um, usually ships out the same day that you order it. But just email me, and I'll hook you up and tell you how to do it. Very easy. Now, it goes through PayPal, but you don't have to be a PayPal member, as many people are not. 
many people think PayPal is like the devil, and they could be, but um, <laughs> uh, but you don't have to be PayPal. You can just use a credit card, so you don't have to get involved with PayPal cooties if you don't want to. Um, just email me, Patrick, OneRadioNetwork.com. Wait a minute. Oh. Know the source on One Radio Network. Know the sauce, One Radio Network. <laughs> Adam's main site is solartiming.com. Adam, tell us about what we'll find on solartiming.com when you go there. Lots of books. <laughs> uh, solar nutrition books, uh, sun synchronization uh, books, um, mind hacking for the millions books. And why it's called mind hacking for the millions is because it's so easy to learn. If you really apply yourself and have a few people to practice on, you can learn it in one day. You don't have to go to acupuncture school or PNF school or whatever kind of school to learn it. And the body sends the message to you. You don't have to muscle test and you provide the pressure. The signal comes to you. So all you have to do is hold the two feet and learn all about a person. Let's hope the CIA doesn't get a hold of this for the general <laughs> public because you'll, you'll know everything about the person if they want to communicate with you. If they don't, they just get up and walk out of the room. The room. The room. Hmm. Anyway, I've got books on minerals, copper, magnesium, iodine, books on sugar. There's quite a selection. I think I've got about 40 or so books, including 14 on yellow fat disease. That's amazing. Four, 14 yellow fat disease. Yeah, and by the way, if you have yellow fat disease and you can get rid of the trauma, then the oils aren't going to affect you as much, or if you get to a certain state, they won't. The food won't affect you at all. You can get like uh, Mister Eats All, who took uh, two years to eat a Cessna, ate razor blades, ate shopping carts, ate a coffin, ate TVs, ate uh, bicycles. That's crazy. I, and I just, he digested I'm, them all. He digested them all. The doctors were amazed. How's he digesting them? And yet, a banana would make him sick. <laughs> No kidding. He, he couldn't he just, eat bananas. He just eats stuff. He couldn't <laughs> eat a very, very soft, gooey banana. That's crazy. Here's a good email Too for gooey. you. This is from Leela. Oh, what a great name. Doesn't Leela mean play? In, I think it does. I think, I think it think means it play in uh, Sanskrit, Leela. I think. Something like that. And I think it's related to before Eve, there was Leela? Or was it Lila? Or what? Oh, before Eve? Or Lola. No, not Lola. Pre that was a different song. Well, you probably had to play a little bit to get Eve. What? Whatever. So, what does Adam think about bee pollen or, or royal jelly? I like them both. And has he ever taken them? They think they're good for you? Thanks. Yeah. Good yes, food, uh, right? A good way to get your vitamin C in the bee pollen and a, and the protein for a bodybuilder is very important. I used it when I was working out at the gym. Hmm. Uh, best in the middle of the day with bee pollen. You can even get away for it at night. And the royal jelly is really good for immunity. It's, it? Uh, yeah. It builds your immunity. So there was a time when I used to take that regularly too. Yeah. You can actually, get, you can actually get organic royal bee jelly. Bee pollen. I mean, royal jelly. Not too expensive either. I mean, it's it's fairly reasonable to get, uh, but it's it's certified organic. Cheaper than what the doctors do oh, when man. you enter the hospital. You know, when you really think of it, people if they would spend, I've seen people with a lot of money buy really cheap food at really cheap places, 
and they'd save a heck of a, heck of a lot of money in medical bills by spending double what they spend on food. We tend to prefer our Netflix and stuff like that before the food. Well, the food is the most important. Then your gas money and your uh, and your entertainment and your things afterwards, and you'll live a lot longer and healthier. Longer and healthier. Longer and healthier. We like that. Um, here is someone who has a mom who's developed lots of uh, varicose veins, not only on her feet and legs, but also her arms and midsection. Besides the boiled oranges that Adam has mentioned before, does he know of any other things that he can do to restore the venous tone to normal? <laughs> well, uh, oranges are very important. Uh, you don't even have to boil them. They worked for me. Uh, for a variety of things. I think at one time I went into a list of all the things from purpura to uh, to a bleeding anus to bleeding gums, all of that kind of stuff. And and regular bioflavonoids, uh, vitamin C, all of that, nothing worked to like. It's very important. And spleen pancreas time is ideal. Uh, actually, any time between 9 and 12 is good for an orange, boiled or otherwise. And then if you do them after midnight, too, because you might need some extra uh, help. Onions can help at nighttime, uh, whether they're cooked or raw. Barley can help in the middle of the day. And uh, I've seen I've seen them go away. I've made progress in mine since I started oranges because I had a lot of them. Mine were due to traumas, though. And... They all appeared on the right, if that gives you a clue <laughs> about why they were forming. When, in fact, when one of my wives left me, we're back to wives again, <laughs> I was so upset, I got on a bicycle to clean her stuff out of the refrigerator, right? I got on the bicycle, <laughs> went over the handlebars, and when I got up, I was full of road rash and bleeding and cinders stuck in me from my toe to my side of my eye on the right side only. I'm standing in the middle of the uh, the crash and nothing on my left side. There wasn't a scratch on my left side, but my right side was totaled. I, it took me a year to get over that stuff and, and acupuncture treatments for Madonna and working on my women issues, things like that. <laughs> women issues. <laughs> We've all had our women issues. It's okay. It's all right. It's good. It's good. <laughs> they happen. What other, it's the most funnest issue to have, really. I mean, if you're going to have an issue, you might as well have a, about a girl, right? <laughs> as, that, uh, as my friend Greg Brightwell, told me when I was going through those kind of issues, he says, don't worry, enjoy it. When the when it gets painful enough, you'll give them up. <laughs> and that's what happens. If it gets finally. too crazy, you'll just give them up. Does Adam have any suggestions for getting into a deep, restful sleep? And I'm wondering what his sleep is like. Uh, carbon dioxide breathing, bag breathing is an excellent way. And also clearing the traumas. The traumas are what keep us awake. And also, someone usually programs us, you can't go to sleep. You, you have an uncle, right? I can't go to sleep. Right. And so you carry it on. Because in primitive societies, uh, I think I need to go to sleep. 
they're out. I mean, there's there's none of this in counting sheep and doing all that kind of stuff. So we need to be more primitive and more uh, get rid of all the mental things. Usually we're living in the past or the future. We're thinking, oh, I got that bill to pay tomorrow. It keeps yeah. us awake. Yeah. Oh, I got this and that. The best thing is to say, I got this bill to pay tomorrow. And that is to give you a, something to do when you wake up. And then just cut out and yeah. go to sleep. So, I'll deal with so that uh, that's fine. Yeah. Now, when I had jobs that I had to go to that I didn't like, I had insomnia because I hated those jobs. Oh, <laughs> yeah. But uh, once I worked for myself, the insomnia gets started. First of all, so what? I'm awake. I go on the computer. I get sleepy. I lie down. So I kind of went with my own body rhythms at that point and didn't have some corporation tell me when I should wake up and punch a clock and yeah. et cetera, et cetera. So that makes a big difference. If you are if you have to be places, you're going to find insomnia is going to start bugging you because your unconscious will tell you, quit your job, you fool. Yeah. What are you doing working Leave. for a wristwatch to retire with? Yeah. Are you crazy? Are you crazy? Uh, here's one for you. Uh, from Ellen, mm, I I can't I don't do well with maple syrup or coffee. Any suggestions for my morning beverage? Oh, that's a good question. Yeah. Mm. Well, we're in a budget, so I take sugar and coffee these <laughs> days. <laughs> but maple syrup and coffee and all is not necessary for health. It's a hormone builder. It's an excellent, uh, but you can do simple like. Uh, this is what I use, just plain old sugar. <laughs> and what do you do with I buy that sugar? 70 pounds at a time. What do you do with that sugar? I just pour it in the coffee. I just had one while uh, while we were having a break there. I finished off a big cup of coffee here. <laughs> and you just put like really sweet, huh? I just pour it in sweet. Sometimes I like it more like pudding, <laughs> half and half, but then I usually hey, take and a so smaller amount. Why do you do all this sugar? You know, you're just such a contrarian. People tell you sugar is <laughs> going to kill you, dude, but it's not killing That's you. That's what they say. How come it's not killing you? Well, see, it's the short words that kill you. Fat the is what? only three letters, the short words. The short words. The little words. You know, polysyllables, they're good for you. They're really good for you, but... Fat only has three three uh, letters. It must be bad. Salt, four letters. It must be must, terrible. Must be terrible. And sugar, only five. Oh, my goodness. Stay away from those. They got short letters. Take something long like tryptophan or something of that nature, a big long word. <laughs> so all of this stuff so often repeated by virtually everybody except you, <laughs> except you, is, is sugar being the devil you just don't believe that's true. No. In <laughs> fact, uh, I didn't have teeth problems until I started believing that stuff. When I when I uh, was living in uh, Carpinteria, uh, I, had, uh, I was teaching blotting. I had perfect teeth. I had a perfect bite. Over the phone, Dr. Phyllis would say, your bite's perfect. And uh, I was selling blotting brushes. Then I started feeling guilty about i'm drink, eating all these candy bars eating all this sugar uh i better lighten up so in my maple syrup one teaspoon oh i really would like two no, no just no, have just one. Do one and then my teeth went down the tube and another thing though i put one gold tooth in and yeah, that's uh, what, that'll, your other you get a battery going on and that took them you know, but anyway what causes diabetes is not sugar 
It's omega-3 fatty acids, and I've gone into this for a, a long time. Also, gallbladder disease. It's a major, uh, a major, the, the stones that form require omega-3 fatty acids to form when you have gallstones. But how are they possible that they, they kind of cure, whatever that means, uh, the, the diabetes uh, 1 and 2 when they get off the carbs? Isn't that an indication that the sugar is one of the components to the cause of it? If you take a diabetes 1, type 1, yeah, type one. person off sugar, they yeah. die. They die? They die. Yeah. But William Budd back in the day realized, why is the sugar in the urine in the first place? They're not eating sugar. Where did it come from? Ah, their muscles are breaking down into sugar. Instead of going into the muscle, those nice big muscles are wasting away into sugar and coming out. So what if I measure how much muscle is breaking down and how much sugar is in the urine and replace it? So William Budd found that average it was 12 ounces of sugar and 4 ounces of honey. And he kept people alive because type 1, before the medicines they have now, was a death sentence back back in 1840 or whenever he did his work it was a death sentence well his people didn't die they weren't cured but he was replacing the blood sugar so they didn't die of their muscles wasting Hmm. my own dad died of diabetes at 54 because they put him on a keto diet and he had all his muscles just wasted away he got blind that's typical of diabetes and his muscles wasted away and he died of kidney failure. So what would you do with somebody protein, who's a type 1 and wanted to get off the insulin, you know? How would they do well, that? Well, I wouldn't tell anyone else to do it, right. but if I had it, I would go to uh, William Budd's treatment. I would, if I, since I don't go to hospitals, I wouldn't be able to measure, so I would kind of feel my way through it. And I would probably take about that jar of sugar per day and make sure I had that much instead of half of it like I take today. <laughs> really? So is sugar um, a component in the building muscle, do you think? It is, because really? for two reasons. It's protein sparing, and that was what I'd found out years ago. But Ray Pete claims actually the sugar can help make protein too, which is something I don't know about. And Ray Pete's not here to tell us at this point, but for sure it's protein sparing. Because when I was at the gym, they said, make sure you have sugar so that your amino acids and your proteins uh, and your peptides end up in your muscles and don't get burned for fuel. So Hmm. we always had to have a protein sparing. Even back in the day when I first got into bodybuilding, uh, bodybuilders drank milk they don't do that anymore but the milk had the milk sugar so that provided uh, the uh, the muscle you just didn't get ripped it's really hard to get those ripped muscles you know when you see all the veins and things that some ladies like and some hate (laughs) so you mean by doing milk by doing milk and sugar. Yeah. Yeah. Milk will stop that. Yeah, you can't get the Christmas tree, they call it in the back, you know, yeah. where it, all the flesh goes up and you see this Christmas tree distinctly in the lower back. Yeah. I've been doing my little goat's milk. I really like it, boy. I just, it just tastes so good, you know? It tastes so good. 
You know, as a kid, I went straight from the breast to raw goat milk because we had a goat up in the country in Upper Saddle River, New Jersey. And I went right to goat milk. Right to go oh you to goat's milk, huh? Yeah, we had a we had a pet goat, and the goat gave the goat milk, and so as a baby, I went straight to goat milk. Uh, after that, I drank all the other milk, about uh, two quarts a day, and I seemed to have survived. So, mm-hmm. still um, alive. Somebody wants to know if you see any value in having ghee over uh, regular butter, raw butter, or ghee, which is cooked, right? It's, they cook the ghee. You know, I have no problem with raw and uh, cooked food. And ghee, actually, since it's pure butter oil, it actually is better for you, particularly for people with broken bones. Hmm. They might take ghee over butter. But it's a a small difference. And particularly, uh, you can make your own ghee, you know, by simply uh, heating it in the oven and scraping off the top and the bottom. That's the way I used to do it. I very rarely bought ghee. We bought some because a vibrant gal broke her ankle when I first got here. So they told her it would have pins and needles and there's no other way. And she refused to go for the surgery and she's okay today. Mm. Yeah, Ayurveda claims that ghee ghee is a good thing for enkindling digestion as well. Enkindling digestion. Definitely. And a lot of people would not be getting, look at the epidemic of artificial hips. That's ridiculous. Ghee would stop that. Um, and the pain that people have in their hips is often caused by who's the matter with who's them, the not with what you. they say. Oh, your hips are deteriorated, Get and most of that is BS. A little hippie. Matthew says, "I sometimes get a real ridge in my ankle just from the elastic in the sock, which means it must be some form of edema." Does Adam have yes. an opinion about that? Yeah, I've seen that before, there, where it's just that ridge. So what is it? That, that means that the, the ankles could be swollen a little bit, right? What's going on? Over-alkaline. So it's over They're alkaline. over-alkaline. Yeah, yeah. They need to acidify it. And acidify, the best way is protein. Protein. When you're observing your protein correctly, you want to hydrate yourself. In fact, an edema person is often a dehydrated person. Really? It's misinterpreted because the cell is supposed to be uh, hydrated, not the blood, the lymph, and the interstitial fluid. That's not supposed to be hibernated, hydrated. You need your water inside. And when the water is inside the cell, which is actually an evolution, that's the part that was mud in us. The mud became, uh, became the uh, cell. The sea became the uh, interstitial fluid. And before that, you go back to the volcanic level of the Earth's formation, and you now have a very dry part. So the organelle, the nucleus, is a lot drier. And a bird is developed like a, uh, they're called uro, well, it's a fancy word meaning they have a lot of uric acid. Mm. That's why they're very dehydrated. A fish is the most hydrated, and we're in between. And so, in between means we center from the cell. In fact, iron 56 is the center of the universe, because if you go this way, you get fission, and if you go this way, you get fusion. It's the center point of the entire universe. If the universe was allowed to run down, 
completely, not counting the empty space, which is mostly what it is, all elements would turn into iron. Physicists have known that for a long time. Oh, some would go into nickel. Some would go into nickel, too. That's the center of the universe. Wow. Center of the universe. I thought it was Jipping Springs. No. <laughs> it's a good place. Yeah. People uh, get married there all the time. They do. Must be. Um, Adam wants to know, what foods would Adam recommend for lowering histamine levels? Histamine levels. Um, stay away from omega-3 fatty acids. First, I'll give you what uh, what causes uh, histamine. Uh, the second thing is uh, estrogen. Watch your estrogenic food. Watch your serotonin food. Do not take melatonin. Hmm. Uh, watch nitric oxide foods. And then to help with the histamine, here's one trick you can do. Now, say you're having an allergic reaction a severe histamine reaction. Nothing can out-itch niacin. So it's homeopathic or isopathic to take niacin when you have a histamine reaction because niacin gives you a histamine <laughs> reaction. Oh, great. When the two meet, they cancel each other out, and you get over your histamine reaction. Interesting. <laughs> but meanwhile, the other things I, to I, I mentioned... Those are the things that cause it in the first place for people to have. Uh, basically, they're inflammatory. We have two types of diseases. 50% of diseases are inflammation. 50% are paralysis. That's where your thing goes numb, like your hand goes numb. Right. I can't feel it. That's paralysis. That's not inflammation. But when it itches or it hurts, that's inflammation. <laughs> Leslie wants to know, well, she says, I'm bone on bone on my knees, and I need a knee replacement, but I don't want to do it. Please explain explain how I might use ghee or other things to benefit. So, she doesn't want to do a knee replacement, but her knee's not in good shape. Butter, 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 butter. Butter? Lots of butter. Lots of butter. Yeah, butter yeah. will help. And also, knees are highly who's the matter with you. Who's? I've had my mm. events with knees. And I've told you the humorous story about me having a uh, girlfriend, and, and this is this is worth hearing how how your knee can be affected so badly. Uh, I had a girlfriend in Houston, and our relationship was kind of in trouble. So she said, "I have a knee problem." I said, "Which knee? Left knee." And I said, "What color do you think of? Yellow. Yellow is decision. The knees have a lot to do with decisions." So I said, "You have a decision to make about a male." Yeah, you. Yeah. I want to see if I want to be in a relationship with you or not. Uh -huh. So anyway, uh, we did a session, and I went over to Adonal Lays, which was about four miles away from where she lived. And uh, we would dance to the Prisoner of Love, freeform dancing. So I'd be there in the middle of the floor, jumping around and dancing. And the phone rings, and Adonal said, it's for you. And it was my girlfriend. And she said, I've decided I want to be in a relationship with you. I said, great. Okay. I hang up. I start dancing. My right knee gives out and I fall to the floor. And on the way to the floor, I said, oh, my God. Now I've got to decide if I want to be in a relationship with her or not. <laughs> so it shows you how my knee went out. It went out completely. It now, out. It, I would 
the ordinary person would say, I've got to go to the doctor. My knee's not functioning. Well, that's how it starts. And then it gets so bad that I had a client that came to me with her right knee. Again, she could bar- it was barely functional. And it turned out she kept telling me she went to see her mother. And her mother was so sick, she felt like she was... Uh, it was life had brought her to her knees. Ooh. She said that twice. Then she said, "Life has cut me off at the knees." Cut me off at the knees. Anyway, <laughs> she walked out without a knee problem. But I told her, "You're lucky that you're unconscious. Listen to life has brought you to your knees instead of life has cut you off at the knees. That's a worse trauma." Yeah, that's and a I worse couldn't trauma, have man. had you walking out of here. <laughs> yeah, you gotta you gotta be careful about saying those things, isn't it? Wow. So there's a way. If you, if you can learn mind hacking, then you'll find who's the matter. But never give up. Think of 10 ways to heal that knee every day. Use your imagination. Be wild. You'll heal it. Mm-hmm. Don't go to the doctor. Don't give them the business. They have enough business as it is. Yeah, yeah. Vaccines, everything else. Pfizer's not, they're not going to need your money. Yeah. <laughs> the surgeons won't need your money. I don't think they will. Hi, Trust Pat- me. Hi, Patrick and Adam. This is from Melanie. What is the main culprit causing ALS? ALS is, what is ALS? Lou Gehrig's disease? Omega, omega-3 fatty acid disease or yellow fat disease. That's ultimately what's behind it. Yeah, uh, a, uh, uh, God, I can't even think of what it is now, but, but I'm very familiar with it, but the name is not coming to me. Susiepedia. Uh, ALS. Uh, Lou Gehrig's. What is that? Uh, Lou Gehrig's, right? Lou Gehrig's disease. Oh. Exactly. Exactly. But mm. it's a, your neuromuscular diseases are happening. And one thing I didn't get away with yellow fat disease. Look at that finger. I've showed you that before. That's an example of yellow fat disease. Whoa. I'm not over it. I, Ray Pete got me where I'm not dead. <laughs> In 2015, I was checking out with all the symptoms I had. But yellow fat disease is aging. It's it's simply aging. All this gunk called lipofuscin builds up, not only in the mitochondria, not only in the interstitial fluid, not only in the cytoplasm, everywhere, and basically clogs up your cell. But this isn't ordinary junk. This junk is active. It can infect another cell, and it can bite you. <laughs> so it's not like it just sits there. They used to think, well, lipofuscin, okay, you're living in a crowded room. You still got 20% of space, even even though you're a clutter junkie and you got stuff piled to the ceiling, but you can get around. But in that scenario, the junk doesn't come and bite you occasionally like a viper. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. And that's what lipofuscin does. It's called cumulative lipofuscinosis, a fancy name for aging so what are the what are the top um omega-3 foods that if you agree with your assertion and your research that you'd want to stay away from cod liver oil fish oils flax oil those kind of oils now here's an exception to the rule aging doesn't happen immediately so say i have to go to the arctic and there's no sun there uh then and I need vitamin A, and I need vitamin uh, D, and I can't get it anywhere. So then you take it for six months. It's not going to really hurt you. I, actually, I take that back. It should be taken in 
one month to five week periods. Otherwise, you have an adrenal kickback on cod liver oil that causes a problem. So all you need to do is take it for a month, skip it a month or two. You'll have enough vitamin A and vitamin D. It's fat soluble. And then another three months, take some more. You're not going to be hurt by cod liver oil unless it's fermented. Weston A. Price never recommended fermented cod liver oil. You could see through the bottle. Squib cod liver oil refined. That's all you need for the vitamin A and the vitamin D. Cod liver oil. I wonder yeah, why. And occasionally, some... having a salmon's not going to kill you. No. It's just that if you keep doing it, it's like uh, it's like people often think, uh, well, how can melatonin be poisonous? You can take a whole bottle, two bottles of it, and it's not going to hurt you. It's the same way. Suppose I say to myself, how can alcohol hurt me? I had alcohol poisoning, I'm drunk, and now I don't have it anymore. But if I do that every day, what's going to happen? You're going to get non you're going to get fatty liver disease not caused by omega-3 fatty acid, which is a common cause. That's called non-alcoholic liver cirrhosis. You're going to get alcoholic one, and, and the alcohol will kill you and age you faster even than yellow fat disease will. Al the old alky baby. Here's a good one for you. Let's see. This question is for Adam. Perhaps you can direct me to the right source. A few years ago, I was instructed by my doctor to supplement iron. I was not technically anemic. I just had extremely low ferritin reserves. I suggested uh, an iron one pill a day for over a year. I ingested, sorry, and it was a 300 milligram of fer ferrous fumarate, which was equivalent to about 100 milligrams of elemental iron. Needless to say, I became severely ill. I knew something was very wrong. I no longer supplement with iron, try to stay away from iron-enriched foods. My question is, what more can I do to ensure that my excess iron stored in my organs is released. Well, one way is to take a lot of vitamin C type foods that are rich, like oranges, without taking them with iron rich foods. Vitamin C will activate iron and cling it out of your body because it'll bring it out of the tissue and you'll pee it out or poop it out but if you take the iron with it it will set it in so it's a tool for taking iron out of your body or taking it in and uh, that type of iron is very dangerous uh, ferrous fumarate different types of iron can give you iron overloading diseases and they're very common now if you get your iron naturally by taking some uh, molasses molasses yeah. At the truth, yeah, yeah molasses uh, molasses and uh, tomato juice. You take one tablespoon of molasses, put it in tomato juice, mix it up, take it at heart time uh, if you want to work on your heart and take it at small intestine time if you want to work on your liver. And that iron will never uh, plug you up, yet it will get rid of anemia. But the fumarate type and the iron sulfate type are the most dangerous. In fact, 
I had a client once. I, w- I was brought to this guy's house, and he was supposed to die within a couple of weeks. So he was pooping black. Wow. So they thought it was cancer and everything. And suddenly I got an insight. I said, are you taking iron? He said, yes. Where did you get it? From a pharmacy. Are you taking iron sulfate? He said, I don't know. I said, well, do you have it in your, uh, in your uh, pantry? Yeah. So I went through the bottles. There it was. I said, stop taking this and you'll get out of bed. He did. So he wow. survived. <laughs> His black stool, which is really common. Now, why doesn't black stool happen when you take molasses? Why doesn't it happen when you take iron-rich foods? Only happens when you take the sulfate type and you take the fumarate type. In the other example, I call this the, uh, the case of the anemic vampire. I worked in a mall in a health food store in uh, Austin, and a guy comes walking along in the mall, and he's dressed like Tom Cruise in the movie, you know, the Anne Rice movie, The Vampire. So we catch eyes, and he comes walking up to me and said, I am not a vampire. And I said, oh, I, I didn't think you were, but you were dressed like one. I said, but it's interesting that you're dressing like a vampire, and you have iron overload. He said, what do you mean I have iron overload? I said, you're gray pallor. That's a sign of iron uh, overload. He said, I'm a vegetarian. I can't have iron overload. I said, well, you can get overloaded in iron and vegetables too. And he said, for instance, what? And I said, if you eat olives that are canned and they have iron fumarate in them. He said, I eat two cans of those a day. I said, there's your problem. So I hope he stopped because if he kept going with that gray pallor, he wasn't going to last too much longer. He would uh, have to bite someone in the neck to survive. (laughs) Wasn't there a thing for a while that people would, um, um, oh, do, do give blood to lower their iron levels, right? Wasn't there a whole fad to do that for a while? I personally think it's ridiculous, but uh, it's done, and it's unnecessary. But a lot of people are going to disagree. Right now, I can I can see a rackling pe- uh, people because I know people that give blood every week and things like that, and they claim it keeps it healthy. You see, you can be too low in iron, too. And remember, hemoglobin isn't just made out of iron. It's made out of copper. It's made out of B12. It's made out of other elements, too. And uh, you have to have all of those. Plus, what's the major ingredient of hemoglobin? Protein. Protein. The same matrix like chlorophyll has. Chlorophyll uses magnesium and iron and uh, hemoglobin uses blood. It's called a porphyrin, and we all need them to be healthy. Porphyrin, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we'll do a few more here before we get out of here. Um, oh, this is fun. How to close a family relationship recurring in the present. My grandma, who has gone on a cosmic vacation, had two homes, her apartment, where kids had to sit still and not touch anything, like a museum and a cottage where the kids could play, come and swim and all of that, and could rough play now my wife has the same desire to have a space or place of her own, all hers, along with our family home where kids can run about. I see this family pattern starting to recur. Oh, the wife wants the old place. 
So mm. how do I close this family trauma or unresolved issue? Hmm. You know, uh, <clears throat> that requires some kind of communication between the two. Now, they can mind hack. If they learn mind hacking, they can mind hack each other and find out what their real needs are and where that trauma comes from. But I'll tell you, the healthiest person I ever saw for that is the co-owner of Yes, No, Maybe Chronobiotic Nutrition, my friend Marcella Von Harting. Mm. When I first came into her house, she gave me the the the, the, the story that she gave every guest. Now you're our guest. If there's something you don't get here, it's your fault, not us. You have free range of the refrigerator, and you see that furniture? It's not, it's meant to be set on. It's meant to be lied on. It's meant to be used. Hmm. We don't put things on our furniture to preserve it. Plastic. We want you to wear it out. So, you're you are now a backdoor guest and you have free range of this house that was Vaughn's, uh just amazing and everybody that came in she gave them that same tour and lecture about That's fun here's the bathroom yeah, yeah. this is yours this is yours the, the hot tub the pool it's all yours don't have to ask anything i remember <laughs> so when we were kids that's really yeah, the yeah. goal i remember mm-hmm. when we were kids there were actually people every now and then we'd go to some friend's house and you go in the living room, and they got this plastic all over the, the couches. And it always seemed weird to me, you know? It's always seemed like, what? That's true. I've seen it. I, in fact, uh, I have another friend of mine. I used to stay at her house, and it was like that. And the table was always so formal. The seats were hard. So a good buddy of mine let us stay in his uh, 14-foot trailer when I was first married to my fifth wife. And so we were just having a ball in that little trailer because we felt really uncomfortable in that big old house. Because <laughs> you couldn't move around. You were more restrained. Well, in the trailer, we could stand on our head. We could do anything we wanted to do. So. Five wives, do you, did you have uh, lots of... Uh Bad uh, attorney karma or attorney trauma with five (laughs) wives? (laughs) You know, uh, when you have marital problems, it's always 50-50. So I was not the easiest person to live with. Ask uh, Susie here. She'll tell you. Uh, But uh, they were all pretty pretty well good women. The only one might be an exception to the rule, and I say might, is the Basque terrorist. (laughs) She was a problem. Uh, But uh, she was a terrorist. You know, Basque, the Basque people. Oh, she was a terrorist. Oh, well, good. Yeah, she was was on the lam. She she needed to uh, have a husband here so she could escape Spain and the Mm. death penalty. Mm. So... Mr. Stupid comes along and marries her <laughs> under those circumstances. It turned out to be uh, a very harrowing experience. Let's just say that. Yeah. I probably still find her in my right leg. <laughs> She's still in there somewhere. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've worked most of it out. But, you know, I, I've got a lot of varicosities in that leg. It, it started, this is the hint, in my first marriage, my first varicosity happened in my right testicle. <laughs> oh, I hate it when that happens. Right? Mm, what's that about? Oh, speaking of that, I've been, I've been, I've been um, shining a red light on my my testicles for about a year, and I wanted to show you the light too. It's really pretty cool. Let me let me do a quick commercial, and then I'm going to go down and get it for you. It's fun. <laughs> I don't know why I'm doing it because. You know, I, red light helps for varicose veins. By the way, well, good I, thing you brought that up. But you, oh, oh, you, oh, you, but you wouldn't have varicose veins in your, in your, 
in your testicles, right? I mean, that wouldn't be good. I did. You I did one. Fortunately, well, yeah, well, that, was, you, that was the end of it. You also had five <laughs> wives, so there's no telling anything could happen. You know. Yep. I, I'm lucky I didn't have five varicose veins. <laughs> Hold on, I got to do a quick thing here. Um, Adam Bergstrom, Patrick Timpone, One Radio Network. Yeah, I want to go down and show you my light. It's pretty cool. And I can't find the one I want. Oh, here it is. Here it is. Yeah. This is uh, because our elk velvet is on sale. Have you ever wondered why elk velvet antler could be good for you? So every year they shed it. And then in the spring, they begin growing a new rack, a new set of antlers. Three months. They grow it in three, three months. Three months. Think about the biggest moose rack you've ever seen, the biggest elk that's rack or deer rack you've ever seen. That's three months of growth. It's amazing. Now, so what you have is this organ that starts off as nothing and grows within three months to be an organ that's covered in skin, hair, veins, arteries, nerves. It's totally enervated. It's got bone and osteous tissue and bone marrow. It's essentially a limb. It requires special molecules like growth factors to accelerate the growth of it. And so there's growth factors in there that grow all the types of tissue that are found on it. Bone, bone marrow, nerves, skin, blood. All of that is being grown by these growth factors. And you can put that into your own blood and help yourself regenerate tissue. Well, that's why we use it around here. You can click and order Elk Velvet Antler from Daniel Vitalis or Thrival and Easter Thrival link right here on OneRadioNetwork.com. Let me see if I can get back into my chair here. So, um, with Adam Brookstrom and Patrick Dimpo. SolarTiming.com. <laughs> I lost my earphone. Wait a minute. Hold on a second. <laughs> Where is it? Oh, here it is. I can still hear you, but you can't hear me. <laughs> Sorry when I'm trying to get my life together, you know. Things happen. <laughs> so this is something I've been doing for about a year, and I just do this in the morning, and and then you can tap your testicles, you know, and it, they kind of get stronger, like, and then you can do it's the... true? Yeah, they do. And then here it is. Whoa. Oh, wait. Whoa. Whoa. That's cool. Special effects. I like it. <laughs> so this is... I think this is um, 680 or something hertz or something like that. But it's, wow. it's pretty cool. And it's very flexible. And let me see if I can do it without... Very interesting. Yeah. Wow! And Great it, special effects. <laughs> it, it, and they got—I don't know what all these different things are, but it's pretty cool. And, and red light can actually tangle it, it restructure DNA. Does it's it very really? powerful. Wow. Yeah, that's why when you when you go out, they, there's red light mixed in the ultraviolet light, and it's healing. And if you want more after you out in the sun, say you get sunburned, then make sure you have red light therapy after that because it will heal some of the damage that is done by people getting burned instead of tanned. So what I, the way I understand it, too, you don't, you don't have to get a fancy one like this. I wanted to get a smaller one because I do it in bed, and I want to put it like a foot from my testicles when I do the deer exercise. But you, yep. we've got four of them in the, in the living room with the big, uh, from Home Depot, right? Just the, the infrared, yep. what do they call them? Far, what do they call it? Near infrared bulbs, right? Near infrared? 
No, they're actually just uh, red light bulbs. Red light, they're heat yeah. lamps. Heat lamps, yeah. yeah. Now, they, the infrared is the heat part. So, if you put your hands over it I and see. it's hot, you yeah. get an infrared. But ours are like right now, I have two on. One is about four feet away and one is about 12 feet away. We're getting the red light. And the red light, it's not only the red light that does it, but the orange light and the yellow. So, what's good about these heat lamps is they're full spectrum yeah see people usually get uh they tell you well 610 uh yeah 610 uh, or 680 or whatever yeah yeah but guess why they pick those numbers as healing because it's the only ones they can get they're mercedes-benz taillights for god's sake (laughs) so (laughs) they, they they actually they're actually telling you a story that this is the healing frequency no no one really has worked that out completely there are laser there's laser technology they know certain things about it but you cover all the bases when you get uh yellow orange through orange through red through deep red and then you get the infrared too if you want to go up and hold your hands over it yeah i think this one if i remember it has the different colors in there that's why i got that as well i I got that from a place called Red Light Man. Um, some, so great. So, but I leave my ones on all the time, right? The big ones. I've got four of them spreading out through the whole house. It's just good, right? Have that red light all the time. It's good, particularly at nighttime, because during the day we can do with blue light. In fact, we need some blue light, and so it's good for a person to get out maybe ten or twenty minutes uh, during high noon, especially eleven thirty to twelve. Interesting enough, just before noon is your most therapeutic time. That's when we put vitamin D in our olive oil. I go out there and in a pitcher and expose it to the sun, and it gets loaded with vitamin D because olive oil usually doesn't come with olive with vitamin, vitamin D, D huh. because too much sun uh, makes it go away. The funny thing is, once it sits for a while, you put it out in the sun for 20 minutes and you load it with vitamin D. If you left it in for an hour, you would be taking the vitamin D out again. It's hard for people to understand that principle that vitamin D gets old. So why, if you take a vitamin D pill, wow, how how did it last for three years it's not vitamin d it's phony vitamin d it's what they call a vitamur and it's made in the laboratory and that's why people can take as much as fifty thousand iu of vitamin d and their blood doesn't change and believe me i know people have had that problem well i need more vitamin d no you need to absorb your vitamin d and you really need real now if you're allergic to the sun some people are you come and put it in your food and eat it. No problem. <laughs> so would it, if you have an olive oil in mind, the one I get from Italy has a really dark green bottle to protect from the light. Will the sun still get through that? No, I, no? I pour it out of the bottle and then I uh, put it in, in a, a beaker, a big beaker, a beaker and explodes the top. And sometimes a Pyrex bowl. Then I pour it back in with a funnel into the olive oil, and then you're good to go. And the stuff that's uh, on the Pyrex, I use it for a plate and wipe it all up with whatever I'm eating for lunch. And, and how long do you leave it out to get the vitamin D in the olive oil? Oh, 20 minutes? Uh, you, you can get away with 40 minutes, but usually 20 minutes works. And for some things like mushrooms, particularly absorb vitamin D quickly. Maybe two minutes is all you need. I'll be that's good. why... How did, now, how did something that grow in the dark have all that vitamin D? It's because they take it out of the cave and then they put it to the sun for five minutes and it's loaded with vitamin D. So vitamin D is so easy to get. 
dried food like pasta absorbs it better than a lot of other better than milk you'll even absorb more vitamin d into pasta huh. than you will milk it's it's so hard for people to understand how that works they say well i'm out in the sun all the time i should have so much vitamin d no it starts to degrade if you're out in the sun too much so then you do need to figure another way to get your vitamin d one way rub your arm rub. you get vitamin d how do you do it show we, me all you have to do is rub your arm. <laughs> rub your um, rub your arm like this. Rub your arm like this. Yeah, or, or any part of your the top of my like head. This? I could do rub it. Rub your arm like this. Can you yeah. Body? When you start to generate heat and warmth without hurting yourself, you actually will make some vitamin D. Oh, that's cool. And it's so hard for people to understand that type of uh, chemistry, but uh, they found it out a long time ago that you can get vitamin D in surprising places. They they kept uh, rats vitamin d free and the light that came in through the door indirect light loaded them up with vitamin d so these said well it must be in the air <laughs> totally misunderstanding must the be. fact that it was coming through the through that indirect light it is really easy to get vitamin d because ultraviolet lights refract they bend you can go in the sun and get all the vitamin d you need if you're worried about getting burned it's a vitamin d the ray refracts like red light will not it's direct there's no refraction mm. that's why I shine a light on your hand it's going to shine through as red if it shined through in orange or blue you'd be dead you'd be <laughs> it's dead. red for a reason first we thing, are red men all of us <laughs> first thing doodle and i do after a show that we'll do now in a few minutes when we end is we take off our clothes here doodle doesn't have any clothes and just sit out in the sun, right? And just, I sit out there for, I don't know, 15, 20 minutes. Or, I don't know. Uh, just just like it. And she doesn't Believe like, me. She, she, she lies down flat. She will go and she'll, as long as I'm out there, she just lies flat in the sun. Because she knows it, man. She knows what she's doing, right? She says, well, good. You're going to get your D or I can get grounded? I'll do it too. They know. Yeah. When I was at, when I first was on your show, I was living in Fayetteville on a ranch yeah. and no one was there and it was 640 acres. So guess what? I, I took off all my clothes, rode my bicycle around the property, <laughs> checked it out and sat on the, uh, the, the bench and the, in the morning, drinking my coca and my Kabbalah and tonic and, uh, had a great time. Yeah. The, we're, we're meant to have our flesh exposed to the sun. So that's a really yeah. good thing to do. It wants yeah. to be, it's, and it wants to go on the, on the skin, right? right. It wants to hit the skin. Yeah, it wants the skin. Uh, Donald, I said, for people who wear bathing suits, and you see that white to black, it actually affects the electronics of the body. So it's well, better at least, at least once or twice a year to go and spend a, a week getting more fully covered thing, yeah. so that that energy and the chi and whatever you want to call it, prana, works throughout your body. Well, there's nobody around here, you know, so it's right in the middle <laughs> That's of nowhere. That's excellent. That's the way to live. They they don't want to put it, they want to put us in smart cities. <laughs> yeah, maybe not me. I'm just, uh, All packed in a room together like the communists. Somebody wants to follow up on the iron. Oh, you, the bone on bone. She said, thank you, Adam. To follow up is Gibb better than butter and how much butter a ghee each day do you recommend um you know for for ghee because you can get away with a lot more of that if you if you're going to heal a hip or a bone or a knee or something like that 
you want to take uh, about a pint of it a day. Wow. But you can spread it out. See, normally that's going to make you barf even to put that much fat in you. So you want to take a little here, a little in the morning. Ghee is neutral. So is butter, really. So is butter, really. So you take a little in the morning. In fact, uh, we bought at the farmer's market some kind of mix of almond butter with real butter in it or ghee or whatever it was and uh, various other flavorings. It was absolutely delicious. So you put a, you use a little ghee in the morning. You can eat it with uh, with your uh, nuts, with your uh, fruit, whatever. It, it tastes good. You find a good combination, you know. A lot of the nut butters, butter goes really good with it. I used to like butter with peanut butter back in the oh, day. Oh, yeah. So you just spread it out during the day, and then it helps to heal. The other thing, if you want to heal anything, you have to do some stomping. So when you stomp your feet and walk around with weight, you can even put some weight on, like a backpack on and walk around. That helps uh, generate the, uh, the, the bone starts healing. That's one of the things we did with the Vibrant Gal. It was amazing. When she broke her ankle, all the calcium drained out of the leg. And then by putting weight on it and stomping, it uh, started coming back until it was normal. I was I was thinking about getting a, a, a just an old, what do they call them, book packs? What are these kids? Is that what they are, book packs? Book packs, something like yep. that. And then it's, filling it with some old books and then using that when I hang on the, you know, on my high bar thing, right? Just to... That'd be fun, wouldn't it? Just stretch it down, stretch it down. I had a buddy that was super strong. Solar nutrition made him even stronger, but he would put a weight belt around, yeah. 95 pounds of weight, Whoa. and then he would do Dude. 10 push-ups, uh, or chin-ups. I mean, chin-ups. Not, not pull-ups, but real chin-ups. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I think my record, my record was pathetic on chin-ups. Pull-ups are easy because you're using your bicep only, so it's a lot easier. I've only only worked up to... 15, you know, pull up, you know, chin ups, you know, palms facing forward. But I just do the hang thing now. I don't even do the pull ups anymore. But pull ups are a really good thing. I should probably get back to doing those again. Only they're some, helpful. Yeah, they're helpful. Everything. What's um, the best molasses? You may have covered this. I was called away. The best molasses, um, what's that real famous one of just organic? Uh, that's the good one, right? That you get at the hippie food store? What is it? Yeah, uh, I've got a jar here too. I can't even think of yeah. what the name is. But yeah, the hippie food store. Now, I, I'm, I'm going to get on uh, Jennifer Daniels' bad side because she doesn't like the organic one. I use the organic oh, one, yeah, but if you want to use the other one, it's not going to kill you because just because it's not organic, you don't take that much of it. So it's not going to be uh, a problem either way. On the butter too, I've been playing around with doing a, a, teaspoon, a tablespoon of butter and a teaspoon of honey and together. And I tell you what, you could live on that. I mean, I, I do that every couple hours. I'm not hungry. I'm just not hungry. You could, you could probably live on that forever because I guess you're getting a lot of good stuff, aren't you? Butter and honey, you know? Definitely, definitely. You, you need the, the uh, well, you get a little protein out of I, that actually too, you? but you need some protein some eventually. Protein. But for energy, that's what you need to get through the day, and so that would be fine. That, that's to working on the, a whole day like the that. brain. So yeah. I wonder if you could do butter and honey and almonds. Would that be enough? You could live on that for a while. You could do a diet. 
you know, it, no. eventually it would catch up with yeah. you, but you could survive a long time yeah. on that kind of diet. By the way, people, when they fast, they don't realize you can cause, it, it accelerates the growth of gallstones. Oh, it does. Because the gallbladder likes fat, and fat is what makes it do that. In fact, you can eat fat and then put a stethoscope down there and hear that little thing spit can you? It, when it spits. Otherwise, you get biostasis, and it's hard for people to, to realize that when they fast, particularly long periods of time, the the bile stays in there, it supersaturates, and then you get gallstones. But as long as you keep it moving, now Johns Hopkins, actually in a medical guidebook for the family that you find in libraries, one of those big books you know you can't check out, uh, it actually said that if you take a tablespoon of olive oil, with every meal or whole cream, you'll never get a gallstone. Okay. Now, I think there are exceptions to the rule, but I'd go with 99% on that. That's true. You're okay. just not going to get gallstones. And look at all the millions of people that have gallstones. I think 80% of humanity has it by the time they're 50 or 60. No kidding. 80 or 90% have gallstones. So the good fats are really good, like the tallow or our whole cream. Yeah, really good. If you're taking it with every meal, intermittent fasting, they don't uh, accelerate that much, but the gallbladder starts to get, you better get some more fat when you do eat so that you propel it out of there. But the worst are long-term fasters. They're notorious, and you can find thousands of references besides Johns Hopkins uh, on the internet about how it causes gallstones, and uh, it does. <laughs> Extreme dieting, too, when people, I'm not going to eat for a week, they're just setting themselves up yeah. for gallstones. Yeah. Hmm. Um. Here's a lady that says, oh, I heard you talking about ALS. I can remember when Patrick interviewed Dr. Nunley, his dentist. He had ALS and was working with Dr. Huggins, and he got rid of it through saunas and vitamin C IVs. Yeah, that's why he did it, which is interesting. Just saunas and vitamin C IVs. And he was like in a wheelchair. He was like crazy. You know, a, a lot of that, again, is mind power. We placebo ourselves either way, including when you do it the ways I'm talking about, because our minds can get rid of that. Again, one personality can have ALS and the other cannot. This is so hard for people to understand that it's a uh, it's an overlap. A disease is an overlap on our consciousness that makes it happen. Yeah. You know, hypnotists have actually been able to uh, hypnotically induce stigmata, holes in the middle of the palms in, in, in susceptible <laughs> yeah, patients. Stigmata, and yeah. commonly, yeah, they, they, like, they'd take a person as an experiment that had a severe rash, uh, psoriasis, whatever, different types of rashes, and they could write their names with hypnosis on their chest. And then they could take it away, bring it back, take it away, bring it back. This has been done over and over again so many millions of times. And if you go in the old books, there were thousands of books written on mesmerism and hypnotism. They were they could hypnotize in instant. Uh, and you could hypnotize a person not to be hypnotized by anybody else. <laughs> that happened too. <laughs> one, one therapist played a trick on another one. But it's a dangerous thing. I say uh, self-hypnosis. Yeah. If people can do it to you, 
why not eliminate the middleman and do it yourself? Because we have that within us. But as my mentor, Adana Lay said, we sell ourselves yes, sure. short. So that would we be just as simple as quiet, calm, um, self-talk of what you want and what you what you want the body to do, right? You you just hypnotize yourself. That's all it is, right? Yeah, all you have to do is believe it. To believe see? it. And That's you have the to deal. believe it as truth. That's see? the deal. Then you can walk on water like in that yeah. Peter Sellers movie. Remember yeah. he just walked across the water finally? You know, it's really yeah, funny because, have, you know, I, I, what a... What a longevity monster I am I just think it's fascinating but I, I I think you really hit on it it's just what you believe and if you really believe it I don't care you you can do anything if you really believe it you know what I mean Adam you can I mean at a deep level right you, you, you don't have to keep saying it over and over and over either if you just really believe it you're just not gonna you know not gonna do it you know whatever you know I've I've seen it happen from very serious diseases to uh, to common ones, and yeah. I told you the humorous uh, story about I'd read that Gurdjieff said to cure a cold, deny that you have one. So I got a really <laughs> bad blowing out the nose all over the place. I'm at the Kinkos or a, one of those shops uh, copying things, and the lady says, "Oh my God, you have a terrible cold." I said, "I don't have a cold." And she looked at me like I was a dangerous person. I better get away from him. And I'm still running and nothing's working. So I get to work at the health food store and uh, my boss is there and he says, geez, you have a terrible cold. And I said, no, I don't have a cold. I like cold. And he looked at me startled and then he broke out laughing. And the moment he laughed, he laughed, my cold went completely away. Just went, I had no symptoms whatsoever when he laughed. And so I've seen it happen to me, and I've seen it happen to other people even more dramatically. And uh, yeah. we have a power over our mind. Uh, uh, stories like one guy had, uh, uh, he was going to die of a heart problem. And he heard the doctor say, this guy has a galloping heart. So uh, that's what they called it. And so, you know, so they, they walked away. And the guy had a miraculous healing because he thought a galloping heart. Well, that must be good. That must my be good. Heart's galloping. My heart's galloping. <laughs> I'm healthy, and it went away completely. And and there's multiple stories you can find if you search them out. I found them in medical uh, libraries, much less on the internet. Now it's easy to find those stories. <laughs> a lot of stories on the interweb. That Al. Thanks, Al. Thanks, Al. <laughs> Al, Al Gore invented. Al Gore. He yeah, did it. Al Gore invented the the interweb. Well, Adam Bergstrom, it's amazing you made another uh, two weeks in California without going crazy. So we'll see you, uh, I guess, uh, the third week, right? The third Wednesday for Adam 2.0. And uh, be there or be square. You guys, are, you guys are so bonkers out there. I don't know how you even make it, man. If you weren't crazy, you would. You'd be out of there. They, you'd be woo. I'll skip the latest week's tales because it, it is, it's like a zoo out here. I mean, it's it, crazy. You just can't even make it up. Now they're going, they're doing this in New York too. I think they're really trying to do, you guys were all new construction. You can't have natural gas like for water that's or heat. That's what they're working on. I think they stuff. started in San Francisco. That's but crazy. That's what they want. That is like the most, the most beautiful gas you can do to cook with or to heat with or uh, to heat your water. Is gas. It's very efficient. It's clean. 
to, to do it with electricity is nuts. You know, these people are just bonkers, man. They are bonkers. There's no better word for it. <laughs> what about my question before Adam goes about the cat? Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Uh, Did you get that one? There's a lady who emailed me, and she was wondering, her cat hasn't pooped in three days. And, uh, I, I, you know, I, I, I suggested she try some olive oil. What do you think if your cat's not pooping? I wonder what's going so, on with Something that. like that. Now, it, the, the important thing is, I, I think uh, she went to a vet. Yeah, she went to and a vet. It, is there a blockage? That's important because yeah. if there's a blockage, there's, you, can, uh, you have to do some kind of reflexology to get it going or even surgery if the vet has that as the only way of doing it. Uh, but olive oil would probably be a good choice. Castor oil uh, always causes some intestinal bleeding, but it might work. And, and in an emergency, uh, you know, if the cat's going to die, well, you kind of have to take a chance. There, there has to be. I mean, why would he not poop? I think he, I think she's got him on organic, really nice food. Um, there's just no re- But doesn't yeah, I think see, olive could, oil, it, doesn't olive oil help Adam with, with with the um, doesn't olive oil help with the fur, fur balls, right? Doesn't, don't people give olive oil to the cats for the fur balls? Yeah. Well, for, you know, fur balls, that's a good thing you brought that up yeah. because you might give the cat enzymes. You might get the bromelain. You might get papayan, those. People used to come into the health food store and buy them from me for their parrots, for their cats. for their, they, they actually do work. So uh, even... Uh, Coca-Cola, for some reason, will get rid of uh, these stones that form in the stomach. It, uh, sometimes they can happen. So uh, you might even try uh, Coca-Cola. Like when people have persimmons, they're really a wonderful fruit. But if you eat them a little too, uh, they're not ripe. You can actually get stones in the stomach from called persimmon stones. And uh, they say that surgeons say first drink coca-cola for a few weeks before you come into surgery well i figure if if it makes that much of a difference why not just drink it for a long period of time but anyway olive oil would be one of the things to try but i would find out what the why is is the cola not moving Uh, is there a blockage here's some more information she took him to the emergency and and had noted straining and blood in the urine now on antibiotics, mm. well, I wouldn't do the antibiotics. I mean, what? why do antibiotics? I, I just wouldn't do that, but I'm not a vet. And morph, morphine for pain? Man, you take them to the vets, oh, these boy. people, these, don't do that, man. Please, I mean, I'm not a vet, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't give my cat antibiotics and morphine. What, you think that's gonna, you think they have a morphine and antibiotic shortage, so they need some? That's not good, You know, right? uh, Ray Pete was really big on antibiotics. And if I had an emergency, but right now I use aloe and other things, but I would, I would use it if I was going to die of it because antibiotics do work. They do have consequences. But in this case, here's the big mistake the vet's making morphine. What does morphine do? It's highly constipated. Hey, hey, that's what I was just about to say. Morphine will constipate you. Don't <laughs> oh, do man. the more. No, no, don't do the morphine. Now, here's a funny thing. 
morphine has been used to pass gallstones though exactly. but it's constipating it's very complicated <laughs> very complicated but but morphine oh my god as a painkiller that that stops the bowels in fact uh i had a guy come to me that uh had uh a, a let's see what was it now prostate problems i believe it was and you've heard of pumpkin seeds yeah so so for the prostate he put uh he was put on morphine and of course he was constipated so he came for prune juice well i told him about the pumpkin seeds so he looked at his buddy and said pumpkin seeds though like this is funny that that's going to help my prostate and i said yeah so i'll buy a bag so he ate some i get a call two hours later save the rest of those bags my pain is completely gone <laughs> and you know i don't know what these people are doing these vets they just they don't even did you why would they give them antibiotics? I mean, is there any, was there any evidence for some kind of bacterial something? I think they just give people antibiotics because they, they feel better when you give them something. I mean, these, I, you know, man, I wouldn't go back to that guy or girl because I don't think they know what they're doing. Well, the morphine is the is the real thing that's wrong, and uh, and Betsy, they miss the they 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 don't know the difference between they know that tuna causes yellow fat disease, but then they don't know it's the omega three fatty acids in it. So almost all pet food has omega three fatty acids added to it now, and the vets don't know that is what the is in the tuna that causes it. It's commonly known that if you feed your your cat canned tuna or raw tuna particularly they're going to die of yellow fat disease they're going to die of it and it's known and it's addictive they people feel sorry for the cat because it seems to be starving because they're addicted like it was morphine so you have to take your yeah. cat as the knowledgeable vets say don't feed him for four or five days he's not going to die and then he'll get over it and then he'll eat regular food otherwise once you get a cat addicted to tuna they don't want anything, don't else, want anything else until they're really really hungry and to lynn you know i think a very fair argument is that antibiotics will wipe out all kinds of friendly bacteria in the, the colon and that's the last thing you need for this cat i would give him kefir or raw milk or yogurt or i'd get some you know i would get some bacteria in there so he could poop uh i i don't know who this vet is but i wouldn't pay him or fortunately <laughs> our bacteria can be changed immediately if you if you go from uh, with all the millions and billions, actually billions and trillions of, uh, of microbiome that we have in our body, all you have to do is change from a vegan to a meat eater or a meat eater to a vegan, and it changes completely. You have a completely yeah. different completely. community within yeah. days. They used to think it took years. So you don't need all these poop implants and all that stuff. All you have to do is change your diet and see what happens. Like if you have a problem with constipation, a human being, go completely the opposite, whatever you're doing. And see just, what happens. He'll get new. Yeah. I think I, she's on good things. She's on cornucopia, which is, I think, the best canned food there is. It's called Perfect, and it's made for cats. And so it's all 100% organic. But... This guy's this guy's got something else going on that I you know. Um, That's from the uh, doctor you used yeah. to interview, right? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, I remember. It's it's great, great company, and he ate the cat food himself, so it's yeah, probably he did. good. Yeah, he ate the cat food. <laughs> well, let us mostly know. if you eat cat food, it's pretty bad. <laughs> let us know how he's doing, and maybe we could come up with some other things. But 
He'll just he'll start pooping now. Again. Color therapy. Now here's a here's something uh, I couldn't really explain by email because we exchanged some emails, but uh, I'm kind of unlikely to be in the medical profession, by the way, because if I see a needle, I pass out. I probably told you this before, yes, so I, I would not make a good surgeon. I'd pass out as soon as I put the knife in. But we, I live with a girlfriend, and a little very sick kitty turned up at the door. So my girlfriend felt really sorry for this little kitty. So I took him to the vet, and the vet said, "This, uh, well, I'll put it to sleep for you because this cat has, I forget the name of the disease. And he said, no, we want to heal the kitty. No, you don't understand. Grown cats cannot survive this disease. This kitty is as good as dead. Let me bring it. No, no, my girlfriend said. So we took it home. So I knew that light therapy is especially good for uh, kitties. So we did something called surrogate testing. We put my girlfriend into the cat. And at that time, I knew how to get it in and get it out. Now I don't. So you're taking your chances that you're stuck interacting with your cat for the rest of your life. But when you do surrogate testing, we tested and it said green and orange therapy would work because color therapy is especially beneficial for animals. So we didn't have an orange light bulb, but I had a green one. So we locked ourselves in the bathroom, totally dark, turned the orange light, the green light on for five minutes, turned it off. It pitched dark for five minutes, had a, clock, uh, a, a luminous uh, uh, watch. Uh, five minutes on, five minutes off. Color therapy doesn't work if you just keep the color on all the time. In fact, red light therapy, too, will work much better five minutes on and five minutes off. Why? You ever go in a room and you hear a clock ticking and then you get doing stuff and you don't even hear the clock anymore because it's not a threat. But same thing with light. You're, you, you become unaware of it. Five minutes on, five minutes off. Anyway, after 40 minutes of that, the cat suddenly threw up and got completely well. I not. took the cat back to the vet and he was blown away. He said, this is impossible. How, that cat shouldn't be alive. How the heck? So anyway, he wanted to uh, vaccinate the cat. I didn't know any better back then. So so he had me hold. He said, can you hold the cat while I stick the needle in? Well, I'm holding the cat. And the next thing I know, I hear a big clunk as my head hits the floor and I passed out. So that ended my relationship with the vet working with him. <laughs> he was afraid just I was going to sue him. Just from him shooting the cat up, you, you passed yeah, out. Yeah. See, I, I used to, one time, one time, Patrick, I went to give blood. The only time I ever was going to go give blood. My wife gave blood. They stick the needle in my finger. I pass out. But, I, but I'm being macho, so I'm still sitting there. She takes my blood pressure, the nurse. She takes it again. She takes it again. She goes in to the doctor and says, doctor, I hear this because I kind of had super hearing. I was in an unconscious state. <laughs> and doctor, this man has no blood pressure. <laughs> He's he going to die. <laughs> so he comes in and I, I, this doctor must have been some kind of a, a, a guru or something because he says, are you unconscious? I said, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I'm he, said, he said, give him some smelling salt put a needle and send them into the room. So everybody else is recovering from giving blood. I'm there with smelling salts, holding a cotton swab on my finger. <laughs> and I said, that's the last chance they get, they get it, my baby. blood. No more chances. That was it. No more. So I never give them blood. <laughs> Crazy, man. 
Well, kiddo, what do you say? Um, hey, hey, what's for lunch hey, out hey. there? What are you going to have lunch? No? Oh, yeah, yeah. We got those early girls tomatoes. Whoa, uh, man. It, it, those are so good. They have the little nipple on the end. You're, mm. you're living large. So you just cut those uh, baby up, put a little salt on them, and that's it? Cut them up. And then we have cucumbers. I cut them up and put them in a little vinegar and salt and mm. uh, mix some uh, hot peppers in there and uh, mix it all up, pour it together, put some kidney beans on there, sometimes some mung beans and things like that. And, of course, butter and butter. cheese and good to go. Butter and cheese, mm. yeah. That's a standard. We we kind of eat with seasonal things. We mm. had chiramoya for breakfast. Man, are they good. Yeah. Barhe dates. Bar-he They're in dates. season oh. pretty much all the time. Mm-hmm. I think I'm going to, I just put a bunch of almonds in water this morning. So I'm going to go get back on the almonds. I'm going to do 15, right? That's what I want. Odd. That That's pretty much. A, whatever your desired weight is, is the way, uh, the way I go. was taught and to do it. And do an odd, yeah, so. odd to gain weight, right? Odd to gain weight. Yeah, I eat about uh, 15 because I've been 150 all my life from high school. I'm still no. 150, except when I lifted weights. I got up to 185 at one point when I I actually had muscles. People could tell I had worked out at the gym. Someone even said, are you on steroids? They asked. <laughs> <laughs> I said no. Yeah, I, I was, I've been 125 my entire life and now at 130 <laughs> just from, uh, from doing the that lifting so gain five pounds it so it's, makes a difference it's got to be muscle that's where all it is i'm not fat in the tummy so i guess i got five muscle pounds. weighs more than fat it's it heavier mu- it must, you know, it's, it's, it's less uh, liquid uh, well there's no liquid and fat but fat is like it floats on water so it's going to be light obviously yeah but muscle is heavy so yeah if you're gaining five pounds uh, that's pretty good you might not sometimes you might not even see it but you'll you'll feel it yeah well, you can see it you, you can, can see, see a little bit yeah i got some stuff in my yeah. arms and my chest but uh and actually, the calves too. Uh, they we do the calf raises, you know, with the with the bands, and you can get your calves bigger. Because I want to hit the golf ball farther, so I'm figuring I can. I'm getting in shape to go back on the golf course. All right, kiddo. We'll, By the way, yeah, th- yeah. go ahead. No, I go was ahead. just going to finish up with an sure. interesting point. Calves were always my weakest muscle. Really, and I knew I knew through touch for health that that meant my adrenals. There was something wrong. Uh. So I'm at this ranch, and Master Chen comes and does nine day workshops, and I take about four or five of them. So after he left, and I moved back to Fort Worth, I enroll in a gym, and now I find out that my my calves are super strong suddenly. Did it have something to do with chi? I really believe it did because suddenly my weakest muscle became my strongest. I couldn't do, I, I hadn't worked out at the gym, so I was a wimp on the bench press, everything else. So when someone would come in to keep my self-respect, like I should be here in the gym, I would go to the calf machine, put 300 pounds on, Whoa. that was all there was, and do 20 lifts. The gym owner, who was a big muscular guy, could only do... 10 reps with uh, 280 pounds. I'm doing 300 pounds like it's nothing. So the only explanation is something I learned from Master Chen did something to my adrenal glands and my prana, my chi, whatever you want to call it, because now my uh, calves became super strong. So do you think working the calves then would have make the adrenal stronger? Yes, oh, definitely, good. without a doubt. I'll spend some without more time with those because 
Yes. And the soleus muscle, that's when you do a bent exercise. Is, is, uh, the calves to be extended, you have to have it completely straight. Right. The right. soleus muscle is the skier's muscle, and that you have to be bent. That's right. why you have that sitting calf raise at the gym. So you can bend and do it with, uh, with a variable resistance and do the same thing. This one here, we're, we're standing straight up and with full, full pressure on the, you know, with the bands, and then you just go up, you know, you go up on your all the way up and down and you're down, but not touch the ground and just do as many as you can. And, yep. And, you know, my kids get bigger. The, yeah. the adrenal for the uh, for the gastrocnemius, that's what the muscles called. It activates on both ends. So you have to be absolutely straight. Yeah. Otherwise, you activate the soleus muscle. That's why when it's absolutely straight, and you can even use repetition. I met a bicycle rider one time. He came into the store, and he had these huge calves. So I said, you didn't get that uh, riding bicycles. He said, yes, I did, but I knew how to do it. He made sure that his stroke was exactly where his leg would be completely Completely straight, straight down, yeah, yeah. No bend, and he built these huge calves. It, it, Schwarzenegger would would uh, envy them. Yeah, just amazing. A bicycler. Yeah, wow. <laughs> calves, calf muscles. Okay, kid. Well, we love you. Thank you for everything. And uh, thank you, Patrick. Stay, stay out of the way of the woke police there, because you know they you could get hurt out there <laughs> if the police get, get all woked up on you. I tell you what, you, should, you guys should get a medal for living out there and not being, you know, bonkers, you know. Purple heart. <laughs> you get a, that's right, a purple war heart. Well, I tell you what, it's crazy. Okay, kiddo, we'll see you. Uh, go to solartiming.com, right? Get one of Adam's books. If people were going to get just one of your book, would they get Mind Hacking for the Millions? Right? I'm really bending more and more toward the mind only. So mind hacking for the millions is the first choice. And if you really want to get into the power of the mind, mesmerism and miracles, which mesmerism. is about mesmerism with the theme that you can do this yourself. Why have, if someone else can do these miraculous things to another person, yeah. why not just eliminate the middleman? Do it yourself. Do it yourself. Okay, kid, we'll see you. Take care. Have a good lunch. You too, Patrick. All right, bye-bye. Adam Bergstrom, Patrick Timpone, one. RadioNetwork.com with the amazing Adam Bergstrom with bits and pieces and funky things a couple times a month here. He's on the first Monday of the month and also on the third Wednesday. We did a Tuesday because we, um, our website, uh, Russians hacked it. You know, just kidding. But it went down for 24 hours, so appreciate your patience. All right, kids, we're going to do Fred Dashevsky. He'll be here tomorrow uh, at um, 10 o'clock. And then Patrick, your congenial host, will be here at noon. And we've got a lot of fun things we're going to be talking about tomorrow from the spiritual, mm, mystical side of things, which is my fave. So that'll be a good day tomorrow. Thanks for your support. Anytime that I can help you with um, just about anything, really. Just uh, don't hesitate to email me, patrick at oneradionetwork.com. Patrick at oneradionetwork.com. I read my emails all the time, and I answer a lot of them personally. Not all of them, but the ones that need some personal attention, I'm happy to answer them personally. So we'll see you tomorrow at 10 o'clock. 
I love you all very much. You're good. You're great. Take care. See you tomorrow. Broadcasting from the beautiful Hill Country in Texas, this is OneRadioNetwork.com.